What's up, bosses? Before we kick off this episode, I want to tell you about our sponsor this week. It is Indeed.com. These are our hiring goals, they say. They're very aggressive. But when everyone looks at you, you're calm. Why is that? Because you know you don't need a miracle. You need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. So instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed is a powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. They have all kinds of great time-saving tools to help you find amazing talent like Indeed's instant match assessments and virtual interviews. I'm going to tell you all about those features coming up in the break in the show, but if you want to get a jump start on hiring right now, we're going to hook you up with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post when you head over to Indeed.com slash iLab. This offer is only good for a limited time. So claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash I-L-A-B. One more time, that's indeed.com slash iLab. Terms and conditions apply. Pay per qualified applicant not available for all users. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, let's kick off this episode of Invest Like a Boss. Welcome to the Invest Like a Boss podcast. I'm Sam Marks. And I'm Johnny FD. We're self-made entrepreneurs who invest our own money and use modern technology to invest like a boss. Join us each week for exclusive interviews with our network of modern investors, business owners, and multimillionaires to discover new ways to invest our hard-earned cash. This is actually our second time trying to do this because as has been a recurring theme on the podcast... My internet woes, but I think I got them sorted out now. I finally had someone come out and they go, oh yeah, yeah, your lines, your lines messed up. So we're just going to run you a new one. And what they ended up doing is like, it got so bad that they didn't even tell me. They just, they just cut off my internet. And I go, you don't, you don't notify people when you cut their internet off. He goes, oh no. <laughs> uh, buddy. Well, we recorded three episodes back to back on the metaverse 30 episodes ago. And I guess those were back in September of 2021. So we're talking almost nine months since we recorded those. I think we actually got it right, but then we got it wrong and we got it wrong in a big way, but I still think we got it right. We just also invested at the top of a market. So the first crashed and with our stocks along with it, if I, if I remember right, I think we, you were about a month early calling this out before Facebook even changed their name to Meta. Yeah, it was pretty awesome for a while. Now it's pretty shitty. But let's go back, let's go back and give some context to kind of what we did. So 195, 196, 197, we basically heard about the Metaverse. We started looking into it. All the visions of the movie Ready Player One, immediate flashbacks, this is going to be a big thing. There wasn't much hype about the metaverse yet, just little flickering articles. And so we, we, we at least Eric and I started investing in it. I put together a, a fairly sizable portfolio, and but I knew it was going to be very risky, right? And if you go back to 195, or I think it was 196 when I disclosed my metaverse portfolio, I said, I don't recommend this. This is not, like if you believe that the metaverse is going to be is going to be kind of web part, a big part of Web3 in the future. You should just invest in VG, VGT, which is Vanguard's technology index, because you get, you're going to get access to all the metaverse stocks, but you're going to get much more diversification. But I set out that I was going to try to get a 2x return in three years. That's like a 33% annualized return. 
And then I put together a portfolio to do it. So anyways, it went really, really well for I think two months or maybe even three months where I had gotten the entire year's gain that I needed 33% in the first like two or three months. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I'm a genius. And then <laughs> the tech implosion. So what we're going to do is talk about on this episode, we're just going to talk about where the metaverse stocks are, how Derek and my portfolios are, what we're doing and yeah, just have fun with it. Yeah. So why don't we jump into the first thing you want to start? You want to start with, um, you know what? Let's start with the one that everyone's talking about right now, because this is looking like it may not recover. What, should we talk about crypto? Yeah, but yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, is crypto, this is a good thing, right? Cause everyone's talking about, oh, now crypto is a, all the regulators and everything are like, oh, this, this is just exposed crypto. And this is why it should be regulated and all this. But I'm looking at crypto compared to some of my stock, like Matterport and Roblox. And I'm like, the tech stocks are down more than crypto. Well, it's close now, but it's close now. But it's not like tech stocks aren't, aren't super speculative and risky as well for the most part. Yeah. Um, honestly, I, I had bought some of the altcoins and things like that, stuff that we talked about. We actually had... Uh, we had, we meta on what episode was that? That was a few episodes back. Um, they, I did a small investment with them. That was two twenty three. We talked to, we met a CEO, Winston Robson. I thought that was a really exciting product. And he talked about one of the coins in there that was called high street. And I bought that and it like, it went up like 30% within like a week. And I was like, okay, I'm a genius now. <laughs> I, it was such a small amount of money though. I just held on to it to see what happens. And now that's down like half of what it was even, you know, a few months ago. So I've, I've really avoided all these kind of alternative coins outside of Bitcoin and Ethereum, which I'm act actually still actively buying, I guess, just small pieces um, every week or two when I have a little bit extra cash, I'll buy a small little piece of them. But I'm not as excited about it as I was. But if you go back in history, we talked to Safety Namus on the Bitcoin standard. Uh, there's one mm -hmm. thing that sticks out to me with him was he said, if you go any period during Bitcoin's existence, two years forward from any date, Bitcoin has always minimum doubled from that point. Now it's got some work to do if it's going to do that because two years from where it was today, it, um, coming uh, coming up soon in the next few months here, it needs to double. But I don't know if that's going to happen. You know, it's bad when they give a, a bad day on the market a nickname and they called it Crypto Monday. So it's always a bad sign. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Well, listen, let's talk. About, I don't want to talk about crypto that much. Do you want to talk about crypto? The metaverse is like, so, is crypto. Yes, I agree. But I didn't invest that much in crypto with regards to the crypto, with, with regards to the metaverse portfolio. I put money in Dope Wars and Axis Infinity. So Axis Infinity as part of the, the overall metaverse portfolio, I put in 20,000. I actually made a gain. That's one of the only winners I have. Because when this whole thing started to get shaky, my Axis Infinity had quite a significant gain. I think I had 2x gain on it. And I sold as it started to drop back down. So I do have a low gain on that. And then Dope Wars I invested in, they're like pre-listing. And it seems like a really exciting game, but so far I've never even 
even received my coins. So. <laughs> was it? Was <laughs> Probably, that the one you were telling us about? I think you said you could play it. You could earn the coins. Yeah, it's like Axis Affinity. It's play to earn. You basically, it's off of an old school video game called Dope Wars. I think it was like a 1997 game and they're recreating it and you become a drug dealer or like a gangster in a metaverse and you play and you go around, you deal and you protect people and beat up people. I mean, the concept's really, really cool. I just don't know if they're, they put out the coin, they sold the coin, um, but then the, they got the coin listed on like one or two exchanges and it was up like 4X from where I bought it. And then it imploded, but I never even received my coins. Like I gotta get, I gotta figure out how to even get my coins. <laughs> All right, so I'm just envious of these people that actually have the time to play these games because I think that's a lot. Of, uh, I hear about all these people playing these games for hours on end, and I'm like, do you guys not work? Do you, it's, what are you doing? And if you are able to survive on whatever you make and play video games for eight hours a day, I'm really envious of that. But they're definitely not recording podcasts, so. That frees up some time. <laughs> good point. Good point. Um, I'm going to put in my two weeks notice here, Sam, so I can play some video games. <laughs> you probably make more money if you go play Access Infinity. <laughs> probably. Well, let's work backwards then. I think the stocks are the most exciting part. We'll, we'll save that for the end. Let's do, let's do the stuff that the average person can't get in, which is you know private investments. You, you put a few in. There's one I just found out about that you told me about that I think is super cool. I'll let you go over them though. And um, I'll tell you the one I'm most excited about that you're involved in. Okay, so yeah, as part of the metaverse portfolio going to September, I made some new investments. Some of these were reinvestments that are uh, metaverse play. And then I just made one new investment last month that I threw in this portfolio, but it wasn't part of the original portfolio. So the four investments, actually there's five, yeah, four investments that are private, companies. So you can't really get access to them unless you invest in one of their private raising rounds. Uh, one is, is Explorers, which is an app that helps people discover uh, destination insights. So like if you fly to Singapore and you want to see the most photographed places of Singapore, you can take a look and it'll show you exactly where to go, what time, et cetera. And so I invested in this company going back three or four years ago. I thought their app was super cool. Uh, but what they're going to do is take a, but this year decided to pivot uh, and start to do NFTs for travel photos. And that concept sounded very intriguing to me, the kind of all the hype around NFTs. And so I reinvested in that, which is still basically a pre-seed round, or I think this was a seed round. The second company is Winner Winner, which is an online arcade company and they basically allow you to remote play actual arcade games so you think a ski ball or the claw machines where the claw drops down and picks up the little pokemon doll well you can play these machines remotely wherever you are you open up the app and there's cameras all around the machines you play one credit and you remote control the claw machine or the ski ball thing or the um they even have uh, golf They've created machines that control a golf club remotely, a putter, and you can pull it back and, and putt putt. So it's really cool. It's a fun, you know, obviously like it's like being a kid again, playing it. And they are also working on an augmented reality version that you can play with an augmented reality headset. And then the next phase would be virtual reality headsets. So you can imagine playing like a arcade game in virtual reality. So I thought that was really cool. So I reinvested in their uh, Series A round. 
Um, I think she actually the one that I'm I was most excited about just from an access standpoint was Epic Games. And when I started looking at putting together this metaverse portfolio and researching a bunch of companies, most of which I knew nothing about at the time, but I kind of crammed uh, like two weeks just into researching a bunch of these companies. And Epic Games kept coming up as like one of the top metaverse companies, but they were private and they owned uh, Fortnite and Unreal Engine. And I talked to a couple of people that worked in studios and with um, like cinematography and they're like, yo, Unreal Engine's like insane. Um, so I put out some feelers actually to somebody that was has been on this podcast previously, Mike Mergio, who runs a family office. And I was asked if anyone knew anyone that had access to Epic Games. And lo and behold, about six weeks later, um, an offer came up to his table of some VC that was trying to get out of Epic Games. And I ended up getting in uh, on that round. So that was that was pretty cool. I'm sure their valuation is not doing as good as it was when I invested, simply because all their competitors like Unity are down 70%, but still pretty cool to be invested in that. Um, Derek, why don't you tell us about the one you're invested in, and then I'll, t- I'll share the last one that I just added this last month. No, that's what I wanted to talk to you about is the Epic Games. I was wondering how you got into that. Mm-hmm. You know, you said you found a family office that had a connection to it. So for those that don't have access to stuff like that, like me, um, how, how does that work? If let's say a VC wants to, wants to get out of a company, are you getting that at the same terms and they're just getting their money back? Are they taking a little piece of that? How does that work? Because you didn't, you didn't go directly through the company. You went through a VC firm who had a deal in place. Does it just simply transfer over to you at the same terms? I'm not an expert in this, but it's it's a secondary share sale. So it's secondary markets for these things. And a lot of times I think when companies are private for long enough, you know, you you previous investors want liquidity and owners often want liquidity. And in this case, there was a VC that needed to get out. Maybe they're liquidating their entire fund and needed to get out. And so they will go to different types of investors and give allocation to you know, basically sell it to whoever wants to. Uh, there, there's rules involved. Like I don't think you can just, in most cases, just take your your private shares and go sell them. I think you need approval from the board. But in this case, they they gave allocation. The VC got gave allocation to this tech fund manager. The tech fund manager went out to uh, the the family office that Mike runs, and I'm sure a bunch of other ones, and said, you know, here's the deal. Here's the term sheet. Here's the valuation and you can, you can buy it at that. So the VC, no doubt made a profit. Um, I don't know if the valuation they sold shares at was somehow controlled or governed by the board, or if it was just somehow free market, but, um, but the valuation seemed reasonable based on the last priced round of the company and, and their projected IPO, you know, I didn't, I didn't look too hard at it. It was just seemed, seemed like everything was in order. There's a lot of other people coming in on the round as well that were seasoned investors and funds. So I, th- I think that one's super exciting. Um, Fortnite, of course, I think everyone's heard of that. Unreal Engine is, is talked about all over the place. And I think this would be, correct me if I'm wrong, I think this would be your first private investment should they go, uh, should they IPO to go public, right? Yeah, and that was actually part of the other appeal. That was part of the other appeal. You know, what happened was I was going to put this money in this 
Who do the Winkleboss twins own? They own um, Gemini, they own a the... crypto exchange. Gemini. Gemini. Yep. So I was going to go in Gemini, similar type of thing, where it was a secondary shares in Gemini, and I was planning on putting money in there. And the and the person that was putting it together, when they got into due diligence, he's like, I, I didn't like it. Just like it didn't smell right, and so I ended up getting. I didn't get my money out of that. I just got my commitment out of that, and then I. And then Epic Games came along. And I think probably this will end up better overall. So I'm happy about it. I'm sure it's it's gotten chopped down at the knees valuation wise though. I think so too. I actually have a Gemini account where I hold some crypto, but you know, they're they're in the same place as every other crypto exchange, I think, you know, whether better or yeah. worse. So <laughs> what about your last one? Oh this one I've, I've never actually actually heard of. Uh, it says uh, back in April you invested. Yeah, simpler space. So simpler space, really cool company. And where the idea came from, this one was Matterport. You and I have talked about Matterport. We talked about love Matterport a lot. me some Matterport. <laughs> <laughs> love you some Matterport shares. <laughs> I think Matterport is by far the leader in this space. And we start thinking about augmented reality and virtual reality and how many physical world buildings that they now have virtually mapped. Uh, I mean, I think that they, they could be a, a very significant player and like, a key to future augmented reality simply because they have all the data. It's like Google maps. Now it's like, who can compete with Google maps? It's like they have the world mapped and they have all the data, et cetera. I think Matterport could do a pretty damn good job on that front with regards to converting physical space into virtual space. Their company valuation was insane. At one point it was, I think it was like $9 billion off a hundred million in annualized revenue. That's like, this is, this is Matterport we're talking about. Yeah. It's like 80 times revenue. Like it's just yeah. insane. Some Tesla so valuation there. Yeah. <laughs> and their product. Exactly. Exactly. And their product is not super expensive, but it's fairly expensive. So when I started looking in co-working, for instance, like a lot of the smaller co-working operators could not afford Matterport. So then I, I came across this other company, Simpler Space, which is like, it's a 10th the price of Matterport and they have a perfect price. It's not like a seriously, deeply immersive walkthrough like Matterport, but it's a very good 3D rendering that can be interactive and it's a 10th the price of Matterport. And when I, when, you know, I had conversations with them and one thing led to another and they were still a very early stage company, pre-revenue, great product, good founding group. And I encouraged them to put together a small fundraising round and I would participate in it. And they did so. Um, yeah, that was just last month. And I think this is like, I think they have a perfect product for commercial real estate. Like Matterport will still be the probably the, the higher end preferred option, but I think simpler space for everything mid to a little bit lower end or smaller space is perfect. I think that's, that sounds like a really cool idea too. I like, I like all these private investments that you're in, Sam. There's actually one that you and I almost jumped in together. Um, so I'm not an accredited, I'm not an accredited investor. Uh, hopefully next year I will be, but for now it's a lot tougher for me to get into these kind of deals. Uh, we had John Radoff on the show. That was one of the metaverse episodes. Let me yeah. make sure which one it was here. He has a company called Beamable. It was episode 197. I remember you interviewed him and we were like, whoa, this guy is like next level, just like yeah. just a huge nerd, yeah. but in a good way. <laughs> and, um, so <laughs> he, he actually filled out his, um, 
uh, allocation for what they were raising, but we had, we had inquired if, you know, there's maybe, maybe room for another investment. And you and I talked about going in together on that and it, the deal ended up falling through, but I think it was still a pretty cool potential company called Beamable. Do you remember uh, what we were going to go in on that with? Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. I mean, then you're right. When we talked to J- John, we're like, man, this game's got levels and their level up. <laughs> like, and it's, you, you find that a lot when you, you speak to people in metaverse companies, very, very forward thinking. A lot of times you speak to crypto companies and you're like, and it's just kind of makes me feel dirty. Like some of them are smart, but a lot of them just like, it just doesn't sound right. Or- and I feel like a lot of them are more like, I feel like a lot of those, uh, the crypto guys are like, like salesmen. It feels like pushy and they don't entirely know their product, but they just know it's going to go up. Yeah, They don't entirely know their product. That's right. They don't entirely know product. And the metaverse is different. These people are like cutting edge for the most part of the ones that I've talked to. And John's just like that. We, we did circle around to him to see if we could get into his, his round. It sounded like it was going to go through, but, uh, I don't see. Uh, Derek and I were both going to go in on it and the communication on their side just kind of fell through and lacked like 10 days at a time. And I was just like, I don't know, like, I don't know. that's not my thing. You know, you like founders to be excited about you coming on board and responsive and stuff. And when they're not, re- when you're investing in their company and they're not responding to you for a week or 10 days, it's like, eh, nah, pass. Yeah. I, I think that was a better call. <laughs> Yeah. So that's the private stuff. And just for your info, Derek, you mentioned being an accredited investor of those four companies that I invested in. I always say this with, with startups really is people think you have to be accredited to get in startups. And actually that's one of the asset classes. I think you're best suited to get into if you're not accredited problem is they're so high, they're so high risk. And usually the Mm -hmm. minimum investments, 25 or 50,000. Right. So they're supposed to be, I'm not sure when and where they're supposed to be accredited. I think it's like the larger they get, you usually see the larger companies, they'll ask you for make, they'll confirm you're accredited, but like pre-seed and seed level, I've never seen any of these companies I'm invested in ask for, ask if you're accredited. Explorus, winner, winner, simpler space. They didn't run any type of accreditation check on me. Epic oh, Games did because that was, you know different kind of beast. That's really good to know. I'd, I'd be interested in, in looking in some of these, but yeah, it is intimidating when someone asks for 25, 50 grand and it's got to be locked up for years and could potentially be worth nothing or could 10, 10 X, which is awesome. But it, it's, it's almost like a lottery ticket. It's a little more secure than that, but mm-hmm. it's, it's scary, I guess, if you're not accredited and I get why they restrict it, but at the same time, why can I buy 50,000 in Bitcoin and watch it drop in half in three months. Yeah. Who knows? (laughs) All right. Let's, let's take a quick break, Sam. We'll hear from our sponsor and then we'll jump into the, the stuff we're all excited about to hear the actual public stocks that everyone can buy.
This week's sponsor of Invest Like a Boss is Indeed.com. And if you've listened to iLab long enough, you know that Indeed is our longest running sponsor of the show. And we love how easy they make it to hire. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. They have a ton of great features. One of my favorite ones is Indeed's Instant Match. When you utilize Instant Match as soon as as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description and you can invite them to apply right away. No need to wait. Indeed does the hard work for you. So when you use a sponsored job post like the one I'm about to give you in a second, Indeed Instant Match shows you candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately so you can hire faster. Well, how do you do that, you say? You get started right now because we're going to give you 75 five dollars to use towards a sponsored job credit all you got to do is head over to indeed.com slash ilab this offer is good only for a limited time so claim your 75 dollar credit now at indeed.com slash ilab that's indeed.com slash i l a b terms and conditions apply pay per qualified applicant not available for all users need to hire you need indeed I, I love talking stocks with you, Sam, because um, <laughs> I love talking stocks. Johnny, <laughs> Johnny's not into stocks at all. So you and I are like, let's talk stocks. <laughs> good for You know, good for him. He's not into crypto either. He's not doing, he's yeah. not having to think about any of this stuff. Right. Yeah. We're over here we stressing. Know, like we're ne- we know it's wrong to buy stocks. We know it's like <laughs> a core narrative of the podcast. And even I, I go back to 195 and I cringe. I'm like, don't do this. This is not <laughs> smart. I'm just kind of bored and have too much time on my hands. And I'm going to try to beat the market. And like, you know, <laughs> but you know, that's good. If, if you bosses want to go back and listen to old episodes, there's a lot of stuff where you're like, I'm glad I didn't do that. And you should always think twice when you're listening mm-hmm. to stuff that maybe we're too excited about because it, it doesn't always go right. Yeah. And I kind of said, this is it's probably going to be a case study. And that's what it's turning out to be. It's a case study to buy the indexes and not the stock. But let's go through some numbers and I think it'll become more clear. So my portfolio that I put together back in September, this is all the first week or second week of September. And the stocks, the public stocks that I went through um, or that I added was AMD, semiconductor company, Avid, AVID, ticker AVID, um, which is a video game studio, video game producer. There's Matterport, which we talked about. There's Coinbase. That's one of, that was going to be kind of my crypto play. There's Sony. Um, and the reason that Sony is kind of a metaverse co is because they have headsets and they also have PlayStation and they're also looking to acquire different metaverse, uh, gaming companies. Then there's Roblox, which I think was, I was probably most excited about. They're basically like, um, how can you describe them? Are they like a shop, a Shopify for gaming developers? Like they have the platform that you can easily create a, a, a video game, but they kind of orient it more towards metaverse games and roll it out to an audience. So for instance, like Nike created Nike land using Roblox, which is like their metaverse and 7 million people visited last year. So I really like this one. Cause this is like not a pure gaming company. They're like the platform. Um, they were massively hyped right before the, the, the bust. 
Then there's Unity. So Unity also pretty hyped company. They're similar to Epic Games and they have, um, what is their engine called? Not Unreal Engine. Well, it's Unity, isn't it? I think it's yeah, Unity. it's just called and Unity. I think the software games. is just called Unity. Yeah. yeah. Just Unity, yeah. Then there's Activision, uh, uh, Activision Blizzard rather. And then Billy. Billy is a Chinese gaming company. And the last one I did was Naver. Naver is a South Korean gaming company. They also own the chat application called Line, which people in the US probably are not familiar with, but it's like the WhatsApp of East Asia. Yeah. And they also have a, they have a metaverse game where like Ralph Lauren and all these high-end fashion designers are like creating apparel and selling it already really effectively within the metaverse. And I was like, all right, that's pretty awesome. And like, if the, wherever the metaverse blows up first, it'll probably be Asia, the Koreans and the Japanese and the Thai love that, you know? Totally. So that was, you know, I put this together pretty quick. I did relatively quick research on these. It was kind of throwing darts. I tried to spread it out between gaming companies, semiconductor companies, hardware companies, um, and then that was supposed to be sort of half of the portfolio public stocks. And then I want to do like a third in, uh, the private companies and then, and then like another piece in straight crypto. And that's pretty much where I ended up. Awesome. So I personally, I got a little freaked out when, when I saw that maybe, maybe the metaverse bloom was coming off the rose. So I actually sold some, uh, metaverse stocks and tried to, diversify a little bit more and jump into some safer stuff as I saw that we might be heading towards a bull market. So I actually sold, I had a lot of Roblox that I sold. I sold it at a really small profit actually. So, and I'm actually glad I did that now because since then it's been down quite a bit. Um, I've been, I've been buying oh more God. like- Down quite a bit, down quite a bit, <laughs> down like 80%. So you made a profit. You made a profit. If you had held, you'd been down 80%. Yeah, I made like two or 3% well, and dude, just got it's better out. than being yeah. down 80%. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Jeez, so sorry, I, continue. I, I bought some more like VTI and some uh, higher dividend stocks after that. So I'm really happy I did that. Um, Good man. What else did I sell? Um, trying to go back to my history here, but I did, I did, I sold a couple others too that I just wasn't super excited about. Uh, the first one mm -hmm. that I have that, I'm still not excited about it. It's just got hammered so much. I just, I can't bring myself to sell it. Um, and I've put mm -hmm. a pretty significant chunk of money into it. It's called a C3 artificial intelligence. Now I got this idea mm -hmm. when I talked to, now I forget his name. When we did the, um, the IPO for, for Airbnb, I talked to uh, Forbes, Tom Tolley. That was episode mm -hmm. 163. Mm -hmm. uh, while we were talking about that IPO, that was kind of when, do you remember there was a couple week period there where these IPOs were just going crazy? We had DoorDash, we had Airbnb yeah. and all yeah. these big IPOs were coming. So he mm -hmm. mentioned this one that kind of flew under the radar, uh, ticker symbols AI. And it was an artificial intelligence software as a service. And they're doing some really, really cool like AI, not fully AI, of course, because we're not there yet, but some really interesting stuff. And it, it IPO'd mm -hmm. like around 100, 100 bucks or so and then shot up to like 150. I sold that and I was mm -hmm. like, I'm a genius. Thank you. This guy's awesome. And then it dropped like down to like low 100s pretty much after that. And I was like, okay, yeah. this is my time to jump in. So my, <laughs> uh, it's down to $15 now. <laughs> <laughs> so where you're down, what percentage? 85%. Wow. Derek, you take home the gold medal for the biggest loser. <laughs> that that <laughs> no, one hurts. I was just that looking at mine. I'm like... <laughs> I'm looking at mine. Where's my low? My worst one is down 72%. Oh, 76. But if it makes you feel better, I have, 
Yeah. I have one that's down 56, one that's down 76, one that's down 54, one that's down 72, and one that's down 69%. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, the pain, uh, the pain doesn't end there. Um, no. I also, uh, these ideas I just get when we, I get adjacent ideas when we talk to people. So I got to interview um, one, of our, one of our biggest winners of the year, for sure, uh, Crane Shares, KRBN, mm-hmm. their carbon fund. Crane Shares which has been crushing, right? So he also casually mentioned crushing that they it. have they have a Chinese tech fund that just got killed because China's COVID policies and then they killed crypto mining and all kinds of other factors. So he's like, this is probably a good time to jump into that. It had basically halved and I bought it at that halving point and it's, it's halved once again. <laughs> it's down 40% <laughs> since I bought that. <laughs> so. It halved and it halved once again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the other, the other two that I, I still currently hold are ones that we both agree on that have gotten killed, but hopefully are coming back. Uh, Matterport got a, got a lot in that too. And the only reason I'm only down 50% in that is because I've been continuing to buy it on the way down. Yeah. Had it just been the price that I originally paid for it, I think it'd be a lot more than 50%. Um, Unity. Uh-huh. I, I also agree. Every time we talked to someone, we heard Matterport and we heard Unity. Unity was, you know, the program that, all these, all these companies use to build their metaverse. And it just seemed like the go-to platform and it's got major potential. So that's on 51%. So this is, this hurts every time I log into my stock portfolio. Um, everything as a whole is pretty much down, but if you isolate, if you isolate the, the tech and metaverse, it's, it's down more. <laughs> it's a kind of a return to value now. And it is kind of interesting to think about like some of these small tech companies that are just losing hand over fist. It's like, it's like crypto. It's like, it's really difficult on a time like this to have any sort of confidence, right? Like six months ago to, if people said Bitcoin was ever went down to 20,000, they'd be buying it hand and fist. Oh yeah. I'd buy it. You know, I put everything into it. Well, now it's at 20,000 and like, are people investing that heavily into it? So I bet some people are, but it's, it's certainly not, it's certainly, there's certainly a lack of confidence broadly. I, I feel like we had a lack of confidence in it in 2018 though, too. It blew up in 2017, mm-hmm. dropped down to 10, 15,000 in 2018. And everyone said, crypto is a scam. I told you, look at this. And then fast forward three years and it's up to 70,000. Yeah. Well, as long as the economy returns and things stabilize, like people will start investing in crypto again. Yeah, so and it's the more exciting thing to do. And as soon as people start seeing things bounce back, they're going to want to get in on the action because they're going to see it as a way to make make quick money again. And the cycle will probably repeat again. Right, and I, and I I believe at least Bitcoin and Ethereum are going to bounce back uh, somewhat. It's just finding the bottom when you're like, mm-hmm. oh, I got a deal, I got it at twenty five thousand, and then two days later it's at twenty thousand. It's kind of kind of disheartening. <laughs> Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Well, let's let's talk about the benchmark. We we talked about VGT. That's yeah. you know v- Vanguard's tech fund. You know what's what's our average down on our personal stock? So we average it out. Yeah. So okay, you're down. Yeah, you're down thirty six, and I'm down sixty six. Thanks to <laughs> well, you're down you're down sixty six on what you still hold. Yeah. Uh, I, you, I, yeah. If I if I took the other ones, which I didn't take the time to calculate. I, uh, and those were profitable, I guess, you know, I'm, I'd say I'm in line with you, I guess, around the 30 to 40% range. Yeah. Well, I, I calculated mine with the stocks. So I sold a couple of stocks also. I sold Avid, 
for a small gain. And I sold, no, just, I only sold Avid. That's it. I sold Avid for a small gain. So I'm holding all the rest. I'm down an average of, I'll tell you, I'm down an average or I'm, from the original purchase price. I'm down 40%, but because I've been buying them on the way down, some of them on the way down, I'm down 35% overall. So actually buying them on the way down didn't really adjust my overall loss that much. Only 5%, 40 to, to 35. No, but as I, as I, I buy little pieces of Matterport, I'm still, I still believe in Matterport. I've, I've been buying it and I, I buy a piece and then I think my cost basis is going to go way down, you know, and it's, yeah. it's, it's like, Oh, it's like four more cents cheaper. I'm like, Oh God, it has a long ways to go. <laughs> yeah, I just put in a whole month's wage into Matterport and I dropped my cost basis by 12 cents. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's kind of what I learned through this experiment. So my original investment was five, 550,000. And now I'm in seven seventy five. So I put in an extra 50% and my cost basis has not dropped that significantly, but I think, so I think the important piece here is like the VGT benchmark is down 21%. Your portfolio is down 66%. My portfolio is down 40% overall. Now it, on the other side, like when we first made the investment and things were moving up, my portfolio was up over around 40%, I think high thirties. Mm-hmm. compared to VGT, which was only up like high single digits. So it cuts both ways, right? And that's, that's yeah. what we know. Like we know like when you, when you buy stocks, especially speculative ones or crypto or any of this stuff, you can, you can make outsized gains, but on the downside, things collapse quicker. And I really, I think when this whole experiment's over, we take like a, a three-year time frame, which we set out to, it'll be a really good case study for people to learn. Then you go back and listen to all the audio and it's like, hey, don't do this. Stick to the VGT. You have less volatility. You still get access to the metaverse. VGT will probably beat you know, S&P 500 over four years, but there'll be more volatility. So it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's fun and interesting. I'm not, it's, it's not fun to be down like this, but it's it's been a while since we've kind of been able to go through some type of experience like this investing. So it's good to kind of go through in a sad way and to be able to share with the listeners. Yeah. And I think we expected the pain too. So this isn't a total shock to us that this is happening. I think, I think it's worse than it would have been had the market continued to, to at least be flat or just continue down the pace it was going. I think, I think this stuff's getting extra punished in this economy because it's deemed as something unnecessary to kind of continue to keep the economy going. But if, if we go through history and uh, Johnny and I just talked about this in last week's episode, like this is not the time to panic. So I have zero intention on selling anything else, especially at these losses. So (laughs) I'm in, I'm actually, I'm actually still buying, especially, um, Matterport. I, I love Matterport. I don't know why. I just feel like that's the one, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of why I invested in simpler space as well. I'm like, I'm kind of hitting it from both angles. I'm hit the super small cap to the largest player. And it also takes the pressure off me from like buying more Matterport. Cause like Matterport, I'm like, well, if I keep, if I buy in here, maybe I can get like a four X return in a few years, but with simpler space, it's like, well, maybe I get a 50 X return, you know? Or maybe it goes totally bankrupt, but it's it's more of a lottery ticket than Matterport is at this at this stage. But if you got if you want to hear just kind of the overall 
position of these stocks in the portfolio. So where they're at now, AMD down 17%, uh, Matterport down 56%, Coinbase down 76%, 76%. Can you imagine I think that? it's even lower since then too, because we calculated My these before the crypto gosh. drop. <laughs> you imagine going back to when we recorded the first Matterport, uh, Metaverse episode and like thinking that one of these that four of the four of the 12 companies that you're going to invest in are going to be down more than 50% in six months. <laughs> I didn't, I would never have expected it to be that bad, but yeah. Sony down 18% Roblox down 55% unity, 72% EA sports, 7% Activision's basically uh, flat because they got a buyout offer from Microsoft. Right. Um, right. So if that deal goes through, actually, I'll probably make 20%, but I don't think that deal will go through until 2023. There's been some if, drama if with that going through. on, I think too. Yeah. So mm -hmm. Billy down 70% and neighbor <sighs> down 36%. So I guess the next question is if you were never invested in the metaverse to begin with, and you had spare cash, is it a good time to invest from here? Would you then invest in VGT, the benchmark index, or would you invest in some of these stocks or other metaverse portfolio stocks? What would you do, Derek? I think currently in this market, I'm going VGT just for the simple fact that like we mentioned, when it's down, it's, it's never down near as much as these individual stocks. Your upside might not be as great, but in this, in this market, it's nice. And also one benefit of VGT that I don't think any of our individual stocks has is it actually pays a dividend. Uh, it's only about mm -hmm. 1%, but it's, it's something in this market to, at least uh, bring in some cash flow where you get a, you get a one percent dividend and hopefully you're hedging hedging your losses with these individual stocks. So I think had I not invested anything right now, the buy would be VGT versus any individual stock for me. Yeah. So if you invest in VGT now, you have to assume eh, if things recover, you'll gain twenty percent at least whenever things recover to where they were. But that's kind of where it gets tricky, right? It's like. Yeah, I can get a good price on it and I'll probably make 20% over maybe two years. Yeah, if you're a betting person. But would you rather just keep that cash? <laughs> like, because it looks like things could get very, it always happens like this, right? When the market's dropping like this, it always seems like, damn, this time it's going to be really bad. And so it's, it's difficult to deploy money unless you're sitting on tons of tons of cash you have excess of. It's like, it's hard to deploy your investment reserves now because you just don't know how bad it's going to get or how long it's going to last, you know, especially we got this war raging on. So that's true, but I don't think we've, well, we haven't, uh, um, honestly, uh, we're young and we're young enough where we've never been in a situation where inflation has been this high. I don't know what, yeah. what it's looking like in Spain, Sam, but it's every day. I swear I go, I go somewhere and I go, that price is higher than it was the last time yeah. I was here. Even just get it in a coffee. Like, I'm like, you know, you get the, you go to the same places often and I'm like, it's like 20 more cents than it was before. And then I'm like, didn't you guys just raise it a few months ago or gas, you know, gas is seven bucks a gallon here in California and just food prices. Everything is just ticking up a little bit. And it's, it's not like, sometimes you'd be like, oh, did that go up? I'm not sure. It's very noticeable. It's very noticeable mm -hmm. how expensive it is to live now, at least here in the United States. I'm not sure how it's looking over there, but I got to assume it's the same.
No, it's not. It's actually not that bad here. But I'll tell you what, people in Spain are talking about the cost of the USA. You hear it in weird places, but like people ask you where you're from, like the US, like, oh, your country's very expensive now, like way more expensive than Europe. I'm it's like, this yeah. media exposure, which I think the media is driving hype up more too. So people hear inflation and I think businesses just automatically assume I have to raise yeah. prices because everybody's talking about inflation. So the hype yeah. of inflation is driving up inflation even more, I think. Yeah, well, man, come to Spain. You know what? You know what's great about Spain? It's California, but a third the third the cost. Same weather. I know. I loved it there. Actually, I really liked Barcelona. It's it's a cool city. Yeah, and I went to a little like wine shop the other day, and they have these barrels of wine, like these old old barrels of wine. And I always thought they're a decoration. You see them at some of the wine shops in town, and there's like magic marker written on them, like one fifty or two. And I was like, oh, these are just this is just decoration, right? Right. Well, one of them the other day had a like a tube out of it, and I was like, what is it? You know, what is that? And he's like, oh, you know, you just. You can, he didn't showed me these liter plastic liters of, um, like plastic, oh, you just like, like milk fill liters, up your right? own wine. And so all the different barrels are from different regions of Spain. It's like real, oh, so cool. and, and, and it said one fifty on it. And I was like, I can't, that's why I thought it was like old. Cause I thought it was like, oh, maybe it's a cup or something. It's just so dude, give me a liter of wine from Priorat, the most expensive region of wine of Spain for two euros including taxes no way that's two awesome euros. i love it and I, I have a liter like a plastic liter of red wine i'm walking down the street just drinking it straight <laughs> out of the liter i was like this is the coolest shit ever two euros man sam goes from, from drinking on premieres in bordeaux to plastic <laughs> liter bottles on the street <laughs> i'm rangy baby i'm rangy <laughs> All right. So Sam, what's the plan going forward? I mean, we're, we can't just start over. Like we just talked about if we can't pretend like we didn't invest anything, we got, we got pretty significant investments in this metaverse. Uh, are you leaving it alone? Are you buying more? Are you maybe thinking about selling something? What's the plan? I keep, I keep, like we were talking last week, I keep towing into some of these big losers like Roblox and Matterport. And I think I was putting a little bit of money in AMD and stuff. But honestly, I don't really have that much cash and I don't have that much I can liquidate without taking losses. So same. what I'm what I'm doing is I'm pretty much not looking at it anymore. Like the only time I've been looking at it, I, I look at the stock um, market usually only once a week, which is very rare oh, for that's, me. That's some, pretty good, awesome. that's some good resistance on your part. I'm, I'm, yeah. it's, I should take the app off my phone, honestly. That would yeah. help. Yeah, I don't have the app on my phone. I, I go to like, I, I purposely have to go to finance.google.com but That's normally a good I only check it when someone writes me and is like, dude, market's imploding today, but, uh, and I'll check it. But it was funny because I had a call with Omar uh, um, 